Welcome to TA1, everything you want to know about adventure racing and motorsports. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson, and um, I have a familiar voice on this this uh, week, two week, this episode. So you probably guessed already. Anyway, um, what's going on? Pandemic. I finally found one silver lining to this whole mess is... Uh, my podcasts sound as good as anybody else's because they all have to record remotely. So uh, there is that. So, yeah, mine are almost as good as Mark Marin's. Maybe not. Um, so have you seen from the title, this, this episode is uh, a motorsports one. And I'm just going to throw this out there because um, both Paulette and Jesse are a little little shy about it but um the team uh has a gofundme page and uh you know we're they're pretty close they they you know they're ready to go but uh you know there's always those uh last minute costs and you know just you know all the little things that add up so um we have a gofundme for the team i will put the uh link in the show notes there so you can find it i'll put it very prominently at the top and um i think hopefully we'll have a little thank you for that um, i'm working on something can't promise but uh, hey let's face it nobody's been able to go racing or do anything so maybe we can we can support somebody that actually gets to race yay so and and uh they do talk about that in the episode so this never say never but this the uh, rebel will happen so um thanks appreciate anybody that uh wants to and and even if not we can uh, at least have some dot watching come october so there is that huh that's it Get this finished up, and then I can bring the birds inside. They've been enjoying being out on the deck in this nice weather. I think Chili's ready to go back outside. She comes running home from work and runs out, sits in the front yard when we don't go out, come in for a drink, and go out the backyard again. So um, thanks again. Go fast, take chances, and uh, peace out. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hello. Is that Jesse? It is. How are you guys? Well, I'm doing good. I just got on. Oh, well, amazing it worked. <laughs> I'm gonna, um, am I clear in my voice here? It's, yeah. We should be fine. All right. I'm going to move a little just because I have other people around. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so we have today... Jeffy, 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 Jesse, <laughs> Jesse, <laughs> Jesse Puffinbarger. Say hi, Jesse. Hi. And Paulette, I think it's Kayarbi. Is that how you pronounce that? Are you talking to me? Yeah, is that how you pronounce that? Kayarbi or? And Kirby. Oh, <laughs> you're, okay. You're funny. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I'm going to start with the hardest question that either one of you will have to answer. Okay. So, so Paulette, 
Yeah. Can you name any person from the Star Wars universe? Oh, you knew I would not be able to answer this. Because I haven't even watched an entire Star Wars show from start to finish. <laughs> um, wait, you mean like Darth Vader? There we go. Yeah. She got one. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and I was tempted to say Darth Brad, but that's wrong because that was somebody's yeah. nickname. No, that's, the only, that's the only way she knows that is from hashing. Half <laughs> running, and we named somebody Darth Brad Vader. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! <laughs> All right, we'll start with Jesse because probably a fair amount of people listening know actually do know who Paulette is. But so, Jesse, who who are you? So again, my name is Jesse Puffenbarger. I am a realtor as well as a property manager, but in my free fun time. I am a hardcore jeeper. I love to rock crawl overland and share as much as I can with family, friends, and uh, new people I meet in our jeep clubs. So why, um, it's not, it's, I'm going to be a little sexist, but it's not real typical for uh, women to be hardcore off-roaders. What Where where'd you come from? Uh, to be honest, I've just been an outdoor person all my life. I grew up in the Midwest. I loved hiking, camping, um, riding motorcycles, snowmobiling, hunting. Um, I'm just an outdoor person, and we had a car accident where my husband was hit by a uh, drunk driver and we decided you know what this is it we're gonna get a jeep so <laughs> that's a logical conclusion <laughs> <I know. laughs> so that was that was the start that was the beginning and uh we just never looked back ever since and i'm just i love everything i i know some of my friends say i have jeep fever because i eat sleep and breathe jeep <laughs> Well, I think I think a lot of people can identify with the uh, irrational enthusiasm, just maybe in a different way. So, so okay, Paul. There's going to be some people that don't know who you are from the the uh, moto side of this. So, tell who are you? Okay. Well, I'm Paulette Kirby, and I am a family nurse practitioner for my. Uh, uh, life when I'm not playing when in the outdoors, and um, I've been I uh, have my own clinic for I think I'm at 17 years now, but I also travel in the United States for family practice uh, work. And when I'm not a nurse practitioner, I am playing in the outdoors. So uh, I like to. Uh, explore and find new places whether I'm on foot running kayaking paddling open water swimming mountain biking uh, or navigating with a compass and map so that's uh, and I've done adventure races and expeditions uh, solo teams and with um, two to four person teams so that's what I like to do and Jesse I have to say I didn't mean to laugh at um, what you said about the accident and changing gears, but 
I think it was more of a respectful good for you. Um, you know, I've, I've been there kind of in those shoes and done that where you, you know, I broke my body and I didn't say, oh, well, okay, well, let's switch gears and what can we do now? <laughs> so you just adjust to what life has given you, right? Absolutely. That is the way I look at it. Life gives you lemons. You go and make lemonade. You don't cry about it. Absolutely. So I think that I, I laughed for um, just I, I like that, um, that you two have done that. And, um, that's kind of what I've done and Randy's done. You just, uh, make the best of it. That's right. We we maybe should explain for a few people that Paulette and I know each other. (laughs) (laughs) So we've been married for like maybe just a little, huh? Fifty fifty five, fifty six years, something like that. (laughs) Yeah, that number and age thing is just. Um, kind of doesn't make sense anymore, really. Um, yeah, yep. So we sleep together at night, and we cross paths other times when one of us is not doing something in the outdoors, whether it's Randy with a camera uh, out in the water in a lake filming uh, swimmers, or it's me uh, out in the uh, Lake Tahoe area in a Jeep with Jesse, right? <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> so, okay, now there is like a third member of this of this uh, little group you have. So, um, Jesse, tell me about your Jeep. So, her name is Arc Trooper. She is a she. Uh, she's a big girl. She has 40-inch tires, uh, one-ton axles from Curry Enterprises. We have coilovers. Hydra assist steering, anything in, and that I can think of or afford at this point to uh, make her a much more solid, dependable rock crawler. So, so what? So, what's um, what's the difference in you know rock crawling compared to the rally? And we'll we'll get into the rally in a little bit. So, what do you do when you go rock crawling? So for rock crawling, uh, we literally are crawling over rocks. Um, there's a lot of off-camber that happens, which means you, your Jeep is at such an angle where sometimes it's quite a steep angle where you can feel like you're going to tip over. Um, but you have to navigate and make it over some larger obstacles. I've done trails like the Rubicon that have very large-sized rocks. Um, John Bull, different trails that are covered by rocks and obstacles that are hard, that a regular stock vehicle couldn't get through, that you have to make it over large, large boulders, in a sense, um, or rocks or trees in some cases if they've fallen over. Um, and you just have to find a way. No. And and that's uh, like, you, you, I think the the operative word is crawl because it's like a real you can you can be going percentages of miles per hour, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, for example, the Rubicon Trail is a you know in general a 16 mile trail, but it takes you two entire solid days from 
early, early morning till late at night to just go 16 miles. Um, you can spend hours just and only have gone a few miles <laughs> when you're rock crawling. So it will be very different from the Rebel, which is going to be a little more speed involved um, getting from checkpoint to checkpoint, but that navigation is going to be crucial in determining which way we drive, figuring out, okay, can we traverse this type of terrain, um, and determining our route as we go. And there will be a few few of my normal listeners that actually know the Rubicon Trail because uh, Primal Quest Tahoe, they had to bike through that. Through there. Oh, yes. Yes, so, yes. Mm-hmm. I, and, it's a beautiful trail. I especially yeah. love camping at the lake, right? Kind of, we kind of make that our stopping point for the first night. Mm-hmm. And it's just beautiful. So what is this Rebel Rally? Well, is that for, go ahead, Paulette. Um, I, I, I suppose I could answer that and you can sure add in anything that um, you would like. So the Rebel Rally is a rally that requires map and compass navigation with only women, including the ARC Trooper vehicle. Jesse and I will be a team, and there's 50 teams of two women who will navigate by vehicle, map, and compass. And the goal is to reach as many checkpoints as possible, meeting the cutoff times each day for eight days. Um, And I don't know, what else? What would you say? The other thing I would add is that it's off-road. It's approximately 2,000 kilometers from Lake Tahoe to the border of Mexico, ending in Glamis, and there's multiple different types of terrain we're going to encounter, from sand to mountains, possibly river streams, you know, all depending on where they place the checkpoints. And there's different levels of checkpoints, Mm -hmm. uh, including blue, green, and black. So green being the easiest, which is a larger flag, blue, the flag gets smaller, and then the black checkpoints do not have a flag at all. And so it's all based on Latin longitude. And so we have a, a um, where we click on our checkpoint tracker that relays that message to the uh, officials in the race of our location. And so our goal is to be as close to that exact point and that determines how many points we get on how many feet we are from exactly being onto that latitude and longitude location on the map. And so also our maps will vary as up to one to 200,000, which requires some skilled navigation. Yeah, so your maps, uh Sometimes the, the Patagonia map makes yours look look good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we kind of curse those Patagonia maps for the Patagonia expedition, and 
here we are um, learning how to use those and do well and get the most amount of points we can for checkpoint. So I've been I've been looking at your 200,000 maps, and when you put the magnifying glass on it, basically all you see is the printing dots. So <laughs> good good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how do you how do you find the blacks? There's nothing out there. What do you I mean? Good guesswork. No, that is. Um, I, I noticed um, Jesse's hesitating. So that's something. You know, I have navigated um, many terrains and for a long time consider myself pretty uh, good at that. But this, uh, I'm practicing more. And so triangulation is one of the skills that I've been working on. And it seems that that's going to be the uh, best way to get to uh, finding a black checkpoint without anything there to tell you you're in the right spot. And so uh, it's been fun, uh, and I'm going to practice that more. So you um, find a point in the distance, and you uh, mark it on your map with your compass, and then you find a second point, and then you find a third point, which kind of seals the deal if they all cross in a very specific location. Uh-huh. Um, and so that hopefully when we click our tracker, uh, it's within uh, X amount of feet. And we get different amount of points based on how close to that exact point we are on the last two of the Mars tube. Yeah. And, and the other thing I think is good to, about the rally is that it's not just about how fast can you get there and how accurate can you be. Um, It's also about strategy because you only get to fill up once during the day, so you have to manage your fuel level, how well your vehicle's working. You have to make the green checkpoints, but the rest are optional. And obviously, the more points you get, the higher in the rankings you go. So I think strategy plays a good point in a good part in determining how you assess your daily tasks and what checkpoints you're going to go after and what checkpoints you might skip or um, things along those lines. Yeah, so the terrain, um, especially the sand dunes, seem to be um, the area where it will maybe offer us the greatest challenges. I don't know. We're both, an interesting point is that Jesse and I are both new to the Rebel Rally, although we both have um, enjoy being off the grid and navigating the landscape, whether it's by Jeep or by uh, foot or mountain bike, like I like to do. So um, it, what's really going to be fun about this is uh, we're very much alike, except she has a motor and I'm the motor. <laughs> Yes. Uh, <laughs> so it's it's really going to be um, a, a fun way of bringing our uh, worlds together to uh, navigate this, this different landscape. But it does seem that the sand dunes might be, although I'm not sure, um, our our more challenging landscape along the way during this course. Yeah, yeah. I think the sand are... dunes. There's <laughs> going to be a lot of. Re- re- a reverse triangulation because you have to 
you can't always see until you're up at the top of the dune, and then you have to drive down a dune and go up to the top of another one, and you can easily lose your your point of reference in the dunes, especially in Glamis, where the dunes are so high. Yeah, that's, that we've been talking about that, so... <clears throat> Yeah, what do you do? You go to a cop, top of a couple, get your get your spot, and you know shoot a bearing for it, or <clears throat> is is that to be decided? <laughs> well, to be honest, that's what I have practiced okay. um, in Glamis on the dunes. I have been out there, and okay, we're looking at this bush on three dunes over. Okay, this is you know where we think we're gonna go. Let's go over there. And then I have made a reverse mark so I can easily see where I previously was and then reverse plotted to determine did I stand on course, how far am I off, where do I need to re-go to get back on target. Yeah, because I, I imagine most, well, a lot of places in the desert, mountains, glamorous. Mm-hmm. You can't drive, you, know, you can't shoot that bearing and take a straight line. Right. Yeah. So we've been trying to, so here's the, um, you know, how I have been, and of course Randy's my, I, I really couldn't do this without my secondhand Randy at home. Um, you know, we take the map and we go out and try and find terrain that is similar to what we will be in when we're in the dunes or during the rally mm-hmm. and um, so we'll go out to like the bald hills where we live and speculate what it will be so that's very interesting what you say is to it's, it's some of the most challenging terrain when you have just a bunch of bumps of terrain they're not quite mm-hmm. mountains and it's not flat and they all look yes. the same, kind of. You know, you could talk yourself exactly. to being into the right place. Right. And, and the, Yeah. So what do you find? Is that what you find the same when you're in the dunes? Is it pretty similar? It is. And, you know, the other thing to take into account with the dunes is when you're in them, depending on the angle of the sun, things can look vastly different and change. As you, you looked at something and you thought, okay, I think that that's the highest point. I'm going to go there. You get there, and then based on a shadow of the way the sun hit the dune or something, you're really not in the higher place. There's a dune next to you that was much higher. Um, or something, driving the dunes is technically a little harder because... It's almost like driving in snow, I guess I could equate it to, because you are slipping, but you have to maintain a certain speed. And sometimes speed is your friend with centrifugal force driving around some of the bowls in the dunes to try and get up to the other side and up the top to where you can see. So it, it can be challenging for sure. Um, you know, and then there's obstacles called witch's eyes in the dunes that you have to look out for. And sometimes, depending on the shade of the sun or a dune next door, you might not see it. And that can be challenging as well. So is a witch's eye uh, um, kind of like a, a it, where your depth perception is not correct because of the sun and the sand? 
Yes, that's correct. Yes. And so if you hit it at the wrong angle or at too much speed, you can do some serious damage to your vehicle is the concern. So you're trying to maintain the right speed while you're navigating the rolling terrain of a dune and at the same time avoiding a witch's eye. Yes, correct. So, and then navigating so we're going the correct direction. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, I mean, you know. Exactly, um, (laughs) exactly. So it's, um, so it's just going to be interesting, right? Um, It's going to be a challenge and and then navigating and hopefully you're um, on the correct dune, you know, on the correct, uh, in the correct area that you need to be to get that black checkpoint, right? Right. Absolutely. And I think, too, with the dunes, the, the hardest thing is that, like, the maps that we're going to be given, you know, they're based on the last survey time. Well, as you know, dunes change with the wind. Yeah. So yeah. The, the, the what we're looking at on the map could be completely different than what we see. You know, I mean, certain things especially, you know, in Glamis, are obviously fixed. But, you know, the terrain is just constantly changing, even from day to day, depending on the wind and the weather. So do you think that, specifically in Glamis, that you might take, uh, what, use of the, what do they call it? The, the, not the extra checkpoint, but... but uh, Hitting, hitting your GPS, seeing where you are, and then taking, you get a few less points when you get it. So, I don't, I can't remember I what they call it. I think because that, yeah, you, you get a penalty point if you hit it, but you get a reading, so it tells you where you are, and then you can just go on, and then if you click it again, you would get points based off of that. Um, so I think because Glamis is the last day, we'll also have, I'm pretty sure we'll have a second set set of dunes somewhere in the mix but mm-hmm. you know because Glamis is the last day we'll have a good idea on where we're at standing wise and mm-hmm. at that point we can make a decision together as to whether that's the right thing to do or if we're you know just neck and neck with somebody who might take a little more time you know it's I think it's all going to be like I said strategy on the last day determining what we would decide is best for our team yeah well, and plus, you're probably going to be better navigators on day eight than day one. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, yeah. I think that yeah, it's really gonna it's gonna be a lot of strategy. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think it's um, interesting what you said is that it, it it's kind of like when you get maps anywhere, um, you know, you, you get a map and you're out, whether you're jeeping like we're talking about in the dunes or um, in other locations and you get to a road and there's a gate and it's like, well, this gate isn't on the road. Not only that, this map is not on the, or this road is not on the map that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. And how did that happen? And so that happens. And so, right. um, you know, maps are only are only so good or so right. helpful when you're out navigating. And that is always something to keep in mind when you're out navigating your way, 
using a map because right. they're, they're not day-to-day. Absolutely. And I think that's where our experience, although it be from different realms, is so similar that I think that that will be a strength for us in making quick decisions to keep moving with the rally. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And falling back on the basic principles. Number one of just trying to to make sure we know where we are. Exactly. Um, falling back onto that note, like number one is where are we on this map? Um, right. Keeping track. But then again, there, there's also two other navigations because you've got the time distance rally part of it, and also the route book part of it. So. Um, yeah, I know, Paul, I know Paul has been working on the route book. We, we haven't quite got to time distance yet, but that's just math, so that should be easy for you too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think the terror trip will be a good um, addition to us. An extra tool we'll be able to use to track, you know, to a point we know for sure we hit, and mm-hmm. to the next checkpoint. And if we have to backtrack, I think it'll give us a good point of reference from which to backtrack to a known position that we know is correct. Yeah, and that's, you know, yeah, that's kind of uh, always a good rule of navigation. And like Randy was alluding to, um, so you, Jesse, have been out uh, navigating your way and playing with your Jeep, and I'm out training with uh, Mountain Bike and Mm -hmm. uh, using the Rally Planner, but it's been really fun so I go out and do the mountain biking events uh, without the map and I'll take I'll bring the map back up and I'll use the route planner for the rally and use my map and compass and it's really been fun to use that and find my way so that's helped me train in a different environment different vehicle uh, to get familiar and comfortable with that as comfortable as I can yeah. yeah. With the symbols and, and stuff that the route book would have. In fact, maybe offline sometime, Jesse, I'll talk with you because we could set up a, a route near you and you could print out the route book so you could just kind of learn to get a feel of it, what what, the, what it looks like. Oh, yeah. Book. No, I actually have done that. Okay, you a have. A couple times. Yeah, okay. I've done, yeah, I've done that. I've pre- I did it. I created routes around town that I knew just so I could get a feel for it. And then um, I've created one out on a trail I've done before. Um, Just, you know, okay, I'm not going to do anything other than exactly what the route tells me. And it was interesting to see, you know, at some points it was like, okay, I must have measured that a little off because this clearly is not the right turn. But it was good feedback to practice that. Yep. Yeah, just get a feel for it and the way it looks and... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. You know what's been interesting for me is I'm when I've been out using the route planner, and um, so I'll have a I've done seventy mile mountain bike rides in the middle of wherever, and uh, some of the things that I've picked up on is with the route planner, and Randy has helped me with this in um, messaging with the people who create the route planner is it will give you the compass. Um, navigation of which direction you should be going and so is it before or during or after 
the turn. And so, um, because you'll you'll get to that point, it'll say you're supposed to be at uh, 173 degrees. And so, mm-hmm. is it during, before, or after? And sometimes you're at you're at a point where there's two different directions to go. And where I live, there's two little dirt gravel roads going in two different directions. And which one do you take? And if you take one, you're going to go a very different direction than the other. So, it, it's been it's been fun. Um, yeah. and helpful to use that and I've been excited to find my way you know I have other people in the race who are using their GPS and they get lost and I'm and I've been excited to realize that I've been able to find my way using our route planner yeah. just using the uh, map and compass yeah. well you'll have you'll get a lot of a lot of practice in, in eight days so <laughs> So Jesse, what? how did how did you how did you get to the rebel? So I've actually been following it since the first year. Um, I have watched it, you know, online and the videos and all the information. And I've always thought, you know, I think I need to get a little better in my Jeep. I need to have a little more knowledge on how to fix things on my Jeep. That's been my goal. And then I realized, what am I waiting for? <laughs> I, I need to just do this or it's going to pass me by. And so this year was the year I just said, okay, we're going to do this no matter what. <laughs> That's cool. So Paulette, how did, how did, who forced you into this thing? <laughs> All right, so here's here's the pattern of my life. Randy will say I've signed you up for the 200 miles something. Um, so here we are. I, Randy was really first the first person to know about the rebel, and uh, he actually first communicated with Emily, the director, and um, then, which is actually good. Um, he's like, you know, I think yeah. you might enjoy this, and and I I wouldn't have thought so, but it intrigued me, and I thought, you know, I think I really would like to do this. Um, so for the last eh, what, what, three years, and probably Randy's been more interested in this than me for longer, and has known the directors of the race longer than me, but. Um, <laughs> I've spoken with different people over the last two to three years, and uh, and then I met Jesse, and I I'm I'm pretty I'm really excited that um, Jesse we've talked about this her and I together as I think we're we're very similar, and we both like to be off grid. I mean, when we first talked, she said my idea of a good time is to be out for two to three days and see nobody and talk to nobody and be off grid. And I thought, okay, we're gonna get along. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, she sends me a message. I love being off grid. It's like, oh yeah, we're gonna be good. And like, you know, so the the uh, how to be out there and survive is not the big deal. It's really about the um, the, the the challenge of finding our way and exploring new environments and seeing how well we do. Um, so. That's kind of how I found my way. So Randy, um, and you know, the next thing I know, he's like, "Hey, I signed you up." But it's not quite how this happened for this. <laughs> um, 
But um, so that's Randy kind of found the rebel sooner than me, and I may not have, I might not have explored it unless Randy had exposed me to it because he's been, uh, we've both been interested in motorized uh, events, but um, so I'm re- I'm really glad. I think this is um, like Jesse and I have talked about where. Um, she has a motorized vehicle. I haven't, but I think it, we're very similar in what we enjoy and our passions are. Just, she has a Jeep, and I use uh, my body instead. But I'm I'm pretty excited about this, yeah. and I think this is going to be a, a great adventure. So, yeah. so, so I be, owe you yeah. a big thank you, Randy. <laughs> You're welcome. But I got to... I got to give a shout out because I mean I knew a little bit about the Rebel through Bailey Campbell and and uh, some of those people, but uh, my friend Emma Gossett, had, I can't remember she posted something from the Rebel that we're looking for navigators, so that's actually where the where the idea originated because they were looking for um, you know women navigators, which apparently is. There's a lot of you drivers, but not many navigators. And uh, Emily Miller, the race director, does have some AR experience. So um, she reached out to some of those. So that's where that came from. So actually, you should say thank you, Emma. <laughs> thank you, Emma. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Emma. <laughs> uh, so, and I don't know which one of you know, knows this one bet, which better, but what's what's... The day like at the Rebel. So I believe the day starts off at 5 a.m. with Emily waking everybody up. Um, then you obviously get ready, go to the base camp tent if you're not on one of the Enduro challenges, which is you're out without the Rebel. Um, and then we get our coordinates for the day. We get to have time to plot. Um, usually the teams divide up. I think what we'll probably do is all pack up and we'll give Paulette as much time as she needs to navigate uh, to plot. I'll come and help her once I'm done packing up. And then they do a timed um, lead off the main uh, flags. Um, I believe it's one every couple minutes that they release a vehicle. And uh, then we go off and hit our checkpoints, and we have to return to a designated base camp, which could or could not be with a rebel, uh, again, depending on if it's a Maduro-type event. And uh, then we would have dinner, figure out what we did. We can ask questions based on our scores, and eat and go to sleep and start again. Yeah. Yeah. Simple life, but they. Um, yes. I mean, you're out there. You're you're tent sleeping, but they. It does look like they take care of you. Have you know? They actually seems like you get fed pretty nice, and you have showers. I mean, how tough can that be, huh? <laughs> That's like luxury. I I I think. I'm going to forewarn Jesse that I might skip the shower because I'm thinking, I'm just going to look at this map a little bit longer before You're I so go to funny. sleep. You're so funny. I was going to say the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> 
I mean, I don't care what you smell like, but I want to make sure you know how to go the right way. <laughs> That's right. That's how I feel, too. I was thinking, no, I don't need a shower. I'm good for <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, I mean, they, it is nice. They, uh, I, I do love that it's all women. I, I just so much love that this is going to be a m- bunch of women out there roughing it. But I do like that I've met somebody that says, hey, I love being off-grid. So, um, so yeah, I think that's it. We have one night during the rebel where we're out and we have to camp on our own. And um, so we don't come back to this is an adventure racer kind of a luxurious camp where they actually mm-hmm. offer bathrooms and showers and food. Um, but we do need to also provide for ourselves during the day because we're out all day, so we need to plan that we have enough water, especially for the terrain that we're going to be in. So mm-hmm. um, how we're going to make sure we get enough water to drink during the day and enough um, nutrition until we... Um, get back to a required base camp at the evening. So, yeah. 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 It looks to me like the days are, I mean, they're like 10, 12 hour days, right? Correct. Yep. Yep. Do, do you know, like, in the enduro stage, is it is it longer? Or are you just, you know, do you, do you know? You know, that I do not know. Okay. And I'm not sure I really understand that either, how that comes out in the course of the time of the day. I mean, what what I've pulled from competitors I've talked to, and of course, you know, anything is subject to change, um, they give you your checkpoints for both days ahead of time, and you have a um, rally map that you're going to use to somehow track, you know, to track a, a, the distance during that portion as well. And then it's not till the second night that you are back at a rebel rally base camp. But they all want you to kind of congregate together, you know, safety in numbers is always a good thing. Do you know know if it's a dark zone at night? Like, you you have to stop or can you navigate all night? Um, As far as I know, you have to be back to base camp by a certain time, and that time is dependent upon your start time. Yeah, but I mean for the enduro section. I believe that's the same type of deal, okay. but I don't think that it's, I don't know that they could really manage your end time, but I don't, you're not allowed to start the next day okay. until the next day. Yeah, so there's, there's a dark zone, basically. So. Yes. You're not, you're not all out there in the middle of the night, in the middle of the desert. Right. Yeah. And that's what I understand, but I, I think that's what I understand, and that'd be something I'd clarify, because... The adventure racer in me is thinking, hey, I'm okay for doing this all night. And Jesse and I were just talking earlier about having lighting on the Jeep and headlamps I would have. And so um, I mm-hmm. think that we do have to stop at a certain time of the night. So, And I guess yeah. I, there's probably not any real advantage to going all night because... It, it, it's not like you're going to get you're not getting sleep every night so yeah and I think that you know the concern would be some uh, of the competitors don't 
normally go out, out in the wilderness like this yeah. uh, on a regular basis. And so there could be some concerns of, you know, injury. Yeah. 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 So I think, Jesse, you might know this, the answer to this better, but what do you, do you have a sense of, I mean, you kind of mentioned it, but do you have a sense of how outdoorsy most of the competitors are, for lack of a better, you know, you, you I, know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, do, what, I do know what you mean. Um, you know, from what I've gathered from talking to people that have done the rally and you know, posts I've read and followed over the years, it seems like there's a good mix of, I would guesstimate, like, maybe 40, 60, with 60% being non okay. off-road, or non, I, I don't know, adventure outdoorsy. is the, outdoorsy, that's a better word, yeah, yeah. Um, and then 40% being outdoorsy people. Do you, do you think that's an advantage to you? I do feel it's an advantage because um, I feel like I'm already acclimated to and used to what's going to occur at night. I know how to get a good night's sleep and to be well rested. Um, I mean, to be honest, you know, I have friends who are like, well, is there going to be a bathroom out there? And I'm like, there's a thousand bathrooms everywhere you look. <laughs> and so, and so... You know, I think that is an advantage to me because I'm, I already know how to manage that type. Yeah. That's one less thing I have to think about. And so I think because this is going to be also partially mentally uh, challenging to continue and to do it for the duration we'll be doing the rally, I think that is an advantage. So, okay, so we know the outdoorsy part. Do you have this uh, a feeling about how many... How many of the drivers are out every weekend wheeling? And how many, it's like, well, oh, the Rebel's coming up. Well, we better go out and drive around the desert a little bit. Um, you know, I'm not really sure on that. I know that I hear some people post that what they're doing, and then others don't post. I know that there's some strategy to that involved, that you don't want to always give away your secrets or gives another team an idea. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, that's kind of a hit and miss. I think there are, especially the teams I've done it year after year, you see posts from them here and there, but you don't see a lot of prep before. Yeah. And But you know they're doing it. So I think it's all dependent on team strategy as to what how much they share or not. Okay, yeah. So... What is your, what are your, um, no, before I say that, what, <laughs> here's my favorite question, what don't you know about the rally that you really wish you knew? <laughs> Ooh, that's a good one. I would say for me, uh, just because navigating, you know, with Map and Compass is outside of my comfort zone for sure. Um, I mean, I, I can certainly plot a point, but the triangulation thing is challenging for me. I would say I wish I knew more about navigation, and I'm going to do my darndest to support Paula every way I can and be fully prepared by the time the rally's here to help her navigate. 
And I suppose, Paulette, there's a few things you don't know considering there's uh, motorized vehicles. So Yeah, well, um, I, 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 I could say that. Um, I don't, I don't want this to sound bad, but whatever you tell me to do or I need to do to support your vehicle, I'll do. Um, you know, so the Jeep portion of this is um, a new adventure for me. And I think it's been interesting as I've been training and preparing for this to be prepared for it's a little different type of a navigation even though I'm comfortable with map and compass Mm -hmm. um, to be with a vehicle and triangulation Um, I've done that but to uh, feel prepared I think um, I'm feeling good about it but there is there's always room for being better at that and so um, yeah I think um, Adding a motorized vehicle is a new experience, and I'm excited about it. And I, I appreciate that you're very comfortable with your with your knowledge of the vehicle, and and I'm open to doing whatever you tell me to do. Um, and it really, that um, it, it, this is going to be great. Yeah. It is. I'm so excited. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are what are your expectations? For yourselves for the rally you know we've talked about that quite a bit I mean and it was good right we've talked about it in the beginning you know, what do you want out of this experience and what are your goals and we both agreed that we're both uh, competitive and we want to do our best and we understand that we're new to the rebel rally and um, we're going to prepare the best that we can, and we're going to do the best that we can, and we're okay accepting, I think, the best with our outcomes that we've, um, I I think we're both pretty driven um, to preparing and training for this. Uh, And uh, I think, and what else would you say, Jesse? I would say... I'm most looking forward to the experience so that we have even more knowledge to utilize when we compete next year. Yes, yes. And we've talked about that quite a bit, understanding that we're uh, new to this experience and we're going to do the best that we can. And part of this year is being prepared for next year. And um, I, I you know, without being too mushy-mushy, I think we're both pretty excited that we feel we've found um, a teammate. Uh, yes. A team where we share very similar philosophies of our goals, but also we um, both love to be off the grid, and um, we're very similar in how we enjoy the outdoors. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty excited. So our goal is this year. But this year is also for next year. Absolutely. Well, and I think you guys should be excited that you're going to knock wood, be one of the only events that happens in the world. Oh, absolutely. I know. I just talked to uh, Emily, in fact, over the weekend on the phone, and she confirmed that with all the plans they have in place for COVID should uh, things continue 
the way they are, that um, BLM, which issues the permit for a lot of portions of the rally, feels confident, at least at this point, of course anything could change, yeah. uh, that we can continue to do the rally with the modifications they've put in place for the rebel, which is wonderful to hear. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, it, it's, I mean, you guys are a, a fairly small group out in the middle of the desert. It's about as safe as you can get. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure yeah. there'll be some little changes, you know, as we go, depending on what happens. But, you know, like I was telling Mil- um, Emily, it's, it's nothing we can't overcome and figure out a way to work around and be within the guidelines and still do the rally. Yeah. So, well, that's good because we need something. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, so for the adventure race part of this, uh, you you will be able to dot watch because they um, the rally is uh, you know I bl- I think they're using spots or or Stella, but um, yeah, you'll be able to follow along dot watching. So um, hey, <laughs> it's it's the only adventure they're going to get to watch for all year. Absolutely. Yeah. So dot watchers uh, for you, Jesse, are people that sit at home on the computer and watch adventure races, watch watch the trackers all day, and and comment and make comments like, "Well, that was a stupid navigation mistake they made." So, <laughs> or go the other way. Where are you going? Yes, I know. You know, and reflection yes. when you're out in a race, and then after you're all done, you look and you can they they don't understand that you're not able to look at that because you're out there doing it. And right. They're like, well, why why are you going that way? Um, but, um, yeah, it's, I'm, I've had people already ask her, well, can I be able to watch you as you go? And, um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> it's funny you call them that We Um, in uh, jeeping, we call them the armchair quarterbacks because we have people that, you know, you post a photo and you may not have had the right line, but you still got a cool shot of your vehicle. It might be in a precarious situation. <laughs> But as long as everybody's good, it's yeah. fine. It's fair game. Um, but you'll get posts that'll be like, "You should have taken this line." Yes, yeah, okay, I get that. But <laughs> in the moment, you couldn't tell me to go that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we get that. Uh, the good. The good thing with uh, the dot watchers, or most of them are racers, so they they kind of understand that. Uh, yeah. They don't know what's going on. Yeah. Or you're out and you're out in the moment and. You're doing the best you can, and um, uh, I, you know, I we do get to sleep at night. I mean, we are required to to go to the base camp or at night, and so that is going to be a little mm-hmm. different. Um, um, mm-hmm. But you know, we still have to uh, plot our points on our map, and 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 then you're thinking on your strategy, and so it, it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see. Even though we have that time, um, I can see myself, uh, all right, Jesse, you go to sleep now. I'm just going to look at this map a little longer <laughs> and, and uh, uh, stay up and make sure I have the right uh, points and double check. And um, So it, it will be fun being new at this. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. Exactly. Yeah. I'm excited for the challenge. Yeah. So okay, well we'll wrap up here, but um, you know this. So that since this is a quote unquote motor motor 
Motorsports uh, podcast. Jesse, you need to give a shout out to the, the sponsors that you have already. So we'd love to give our gratitude and thanks to Rebel Off-Road, yes. Off-Road Vixen, uh, yes. um, and KC Highlights. Yes, thank you. Yeah. And if, if anybody's listening and, uh, you know, want to uh, have be, be thanked like that, we're, you guys are still looking for looking for some more sponsors, looking for a little more help. So, um, yes. Yeah. Hit us up and we'll, I can connect you with them if you don't know who they are. I do. <laughs> so. And, uh, oh, and then I have to say, well, I'll put, I'll put links to the, to those people in the show notes. Cause that's what every podcast does. So. Perfect. Um, yeah. well, let's see. It's late for Paulette. It's early for Jesse. And I got birds outside. So I guess maybe it's time to quit. <laughs> yeah, yeah we're you're right on, in the middle <laughs> yep. we're on pacific mountain and central time the three of us tonight so i'm glad we pulled it off yeah yeah um all right well i you know i could say thanks and hope you have a good time but i'll probably be talking to both of you shortly so <laughs> but we'll say good luck from everybody else and have fun thank you thank you bye right, bye, bye. Talk to you later. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.